God. Amen. <clears throat> yeah, I was saying the Lord is going to entrust us with more. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why we're going over things like, you know, uh, um, uh, studying the satanic kingdom in a little more depth and understanding. One thing is that the uh, prevalence of witchcraft in this country and in this world is so extensive. It's probably much more than at the time that this book was written. So we thank God for putting it on the heart of Brother Summerall to make note of these things so that we can study them and we can understand them and we won't be deceived and fooled. You've got friends who are being deceived and fooled by fortune tellers and people like that who seem very nice. Uh, you know, the Long Island medium and all these different uh, people, you know, probably harmless people in general are just deceived. And deception can do a lot of harm if it's allowed to continue and it's not uh, exposed by truth. And so that's what God wants to do. He wants to expose deception, per, you know, bring truth out. And then let the person decide what they believe. You know, truth always has more weight than a lie. A lie has to go away. In fact, lies, you can't even remember how you told it. To. I hate getting involved in that because I said, no, what did I? Huh? What did I tell them the last time? I said, I don't know why I get myself into these messes. You know, you get intimidated, you get scared, somebody scares somebody, going, whatever. And I think I say, you liar, just go somewhere and sit down and come back and tell the truth. Woman up and come back and tell the truth, you know. But anyway, <clears throat> God wants us to be salt, light, truth in the earth. And as mature brides, we know how to stand up under the pressure of it. We don't cave in, you know, we... We know that the Lord's going to come for us. We know that we always have him to back us up, even though it might look like the 11th hour. He will come and back you up. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, and we don't we don't get condemned about uh, what we didn't do right and all that kind of stuff. We repent and ask God's forgiveness. And we know we have that relationship restored. You know, you, you have to do that in relationships. I don't know where people get these want to cut corners with God you know you don't want to come clean you don't want to tell God your faults you know the Bible says to confess them even one to another and pray for one another that you can be healed you don't want to go around with with sin on your soul and hiding stuff from people and people know who you are <laughs> you know what I'm saying they see right through you and it don't take a lot of discernment you know what I'm saying it's just it's it's that way and so we have to learn how to be honest with ourselves first and foremost and how to walk in that purity of heart and walk in that uh, righteousness provided through the blood of Jesus, not through what you didn't do and how innocent you are and you never do this and you never do that. And anybody's living like that is, you know, you're, you're destined for death anyway. Just die to it. Get it over with. So that you can be useful to God, you know. I remember when my husband was alive, we used to have once a month, you know, the the uh, nail biter. Yeah, we would go over the bills, and, you know, and it, I was like, it was like the Inquisition. You know, you might as well have taken a naked light bulb and put it over my chair, you know, and slapped me around about two dozen times. Because, you know, it's like, well, what's this? That you spent. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. And I said, why don't I just confess? Huh? Then they bring out the handcuffs. Huh? And not in a fun way either. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I ah, shut up. Wake up, somebody. But you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know, you get all shackled down to the chair and they beat you some more. And, you know, it's horrible to live like that. Always trying to be innocent. You didn't do anything wrong. Well, how come we don't have no more money in the checking account? You understand what I'm saying? It's much easier to be honest and come clean. It may seem hard at first, but it's easier because the freedom that it brings to you where you don't have to go under the naked light bulb and sweat it out and waterboard and whatever they whatever they doing to get to balance the, the monthly budget. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about it, you go through all that torture for what? Just, you know, some receipts. Oops, there's one right there. <laughs> I forgot I had it. Whatever. How'd I get there? But it, living this life with God has to be a life of purity, honesty, transparency before him. You've got to come clean with God. Tell him what you need, what you like, what you don't like, what you're scared of. You know, what you, you're afraid you'll never get because it's taken so long to get it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, all this stuff, it's got to it's gotta be open and honest, especially if you want power. You want the power of God to rule in your life. It's got to be clean. You know, can't be any skeletons in your closet, can't be hiding anything, can't be perpetrating, you know, like a super saint. In front of church people because they know you're not and they could care less. You know, it's God you got to impress. You know, that's that's the the whole key thing. So in all of our impressing and doing and carrying ons, we must always be honest before God and and he'll use you. He'll help you. He'll clean you up. He'll get you straightened out get your mind straightened out and he'll help you he'll help you to to be strong in him withstand any pressure of the enemy because he's with you and you he trusts you and you trust him well, it's a good thing amen it's the best relationship you'll ever have people say well when you got saved did your marriage improve 100 percent 100 percent huh I stopped hating on him, <laughs> and he quit hating on me. You notice what order I said it in. I quit first. If you're wondering about who's going to be first, you'll never get where God wants you to go. Uh, you always want the other person to show you how stupid you are. It's usually what happens. People don't owe each other anything but to love one another. You got me? You owe love to that person first. You can only receive as much as you give out. 
you're scared about giving too much, you're in the wrong business. In the wrong business. Hmm? Just when you start feeling the the pain of giving, you got to give more. And keep giving. Because that's God's way. God's a giver. He needs people down here who will obey him, be like him, emulate him, and go forward. Love's a fulfillment of the law. You can't be concerned about yourself and be a lover of humanity. You don't go together. You've got to fulfill the law of love. And you've got to love until it hurts and then love some more. Huh? Amen. Until you don't even think about you. Uh, and then that's when Christ appears through you. It's when you're dead and gone, out of the picture, then he shines forth. And that's his bride, somebody he's proud of. Somebody looked just like him and said, I did that for her. You see those changes? And I did that. I did that for him. You see the way he preaches? I did that for him. See, he belongs to me. And so that's where God wants us to get to. And when we start walking like that, then we have great power down here on earth. Great power. And nothing will by any means harm us, stop us, keep us from going forward, hinder us, steal from you, steal your money, steal your opportunities, steal your children, steal your husband, steal. And nothing will anyways won't hurt us one little bit because you're invincible because of his righteousness you walk in accordance with what he tells you to do and maintain righteousness you're cool because that's everything faith in god trusting him hey job said though he slay me yet will i trust him amen amen He'll ask you to do some things that you don't want to do, some unpleasant things. They may seem simple to some people, but for you it's a big deal. He'll say, you got to do this. You love me, you got to do this. Huh? We've done more for less. Huh? <laughs> I won't even go there. I'm going to go to my book. So we're on page 38. <clears throat> we're talking about your boy Arlindo, the witch doctor. He had some interesting experiences, but he was a born-again Christian after all this. And so the things that he shares with Brother Summerall have taken place after his conversion. <clears throat> on page 38 it says, Arlindo had made a lifetime career of witchcraft and devil worship since he was baptized to the devil before he was born. And at the age of three went into a trance, thus revealing that he possessed extraordinary power to call up spirits. Now, spirits always require something out of us, some type of sacrifice. It's oftentimes monetary, so money often has to change hands in these situations. Sometimes it's more. Like animal sacrifice, human blood, all those things. We talked about those things. Because their, their, their uh, aim and their goal 
and their spirit is one of hatred. And so they would prefer to um, just dehumanize people, to pull us down. You see that a lot now uh, in, in people who are in the world, you know, the people who are, um, I would say, outside of society, outside of general society, are in a very, very low condition. You see a lot of homeless people. You see a lot of people on drugs. You see a lot. Of these these people are are in a depraved condition because the devil always wants to pull us down. He wants to take us from the position that God has created for us. And that is made in his image, being imitators of God and see how far they can pull us down to imitate the devil or imitate an animal or imitate uh, something other than God. And so in in situations where you see uh, uh, the power of the devil released, there's a lot of depravity among human beings. Uh, there are people do things that you wouldn't think of doing in your wildest dreams uh, because you think they're just too awful to think about doing. But they do such things. And so that's always a sign of the devil, what he commands a person to do. And the the uh, impact it has in that person's life and also the hold that it has on that individual's life. Once the devil gets involved in things, it's hard to undo that. He gets in your soul. He gets to influence you and tell you certain things. They have to be a certain way and all of this kind of thing. Or, or uh, you know, he'll get you involved in uh, uh, with people that don't want to let go of a grip on your life for some for some reason, that kind of thing. And so he makes these a very controlling spirit. And so this man was very, very fortunate that he even was able to hear the gospel. You know what I'm saying? But there is a power in God that breaks all the power of darkness. You know, it doesn't matter if they're involved in witchcraft, if they're uh, they're uh, deceived and all that kind of stuff. There is a power in God that can break that. And so the greater one always is on our side. The greater one lives in us and the greater one is on our words when we obey God and preach the gospel. So he said he made a lifetime career of witchcraft, devil worship. And he was baptized to the devil at the age of three and went into a trance. Brother Summerall says, I was naturally curious about his power over the years. He said, I wanted to know if the demon power was always constant, if he had the same amount of devil power when he was a child as when he was an adult. Arlindo told me that from childhood he can go into a trance and bring up demon spirits. I would say that I developed understanding as I grew older, but the power always remained the same. See, that in God's power works the opposite. The Bible says, in all thy getting, get understanding. Like, for instance, God's not a monster. He's not going to, if you pray for somebody to get healed, God's not going to put them in pain or cause their, a leg to break or something. You know what I'm saying, that kind of nonsense. You can trust that God's power is good and that God is a good God. But with the devil, you don't have any such control. So what they do is they yield themselves to the devil. The devil works through them and whatever they do, they do. See, it's not not even under your control as far as your faith. See, we have a, a safeguard 
when we deal with God, and that's your will. And then your faith. If you want to believe God to give somebody an instant miracle, you can do that. If you don't really have that faith, you can believe they can went their way. You understand what I'm saying? There's scripture to cover all of these things. And when you start to pray for people, your understanding will kick in. And you'll realize what level of faith you're working at. And your words will be able to match that level of faith or what God's put in your heart and your mind that he's going to do in that situation. And it will come to pass exactly that way. With demons, you don't know what you might get from them. You understand what I'm saying? You might get some help for somebody. You might get somebody to to do something if they decide they want to help that person or give that person what they're asking for at the time. They may do it. Then they might demand something else from that individual before they'll do something. God doesn't play games with us like that. The anointing of God is not that way. The anointing follows knowledge. It follows understanding. If you don't know what you're doing, God probably won't use you. But as you understand and as you grow and as you study scripture, as you meditate on scripture and God gives you revelation, God wants to share what he knows with his body. The hand and arm and feet and mouth can't do anything the head isn't allowing them to do or telling them to do. God's intelligent. He created us to be intelligent in his image. And so he will give us understanding. He says, in all you're getting, get understanding. This is something the religious don't care to do. Religious people don't want to understand anything. They're satisfied with a bunch of traditions and a bunch of going through a bunch of motions and pretending to have power. When there's no evidence and no fruit, there's nothing confirming the power of God working with them. That's why you can have somebody that has a, a international ministry on television have uh, Tyler Perry come and lay hands on them. It's all religion. See, there's no demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit in that ministry. In fact, the ones that have healing, deliverance, all that, in, in a, you can count them on one hand. Very rare. And so these people are, are going through the motions. There's no, under, it's, they're void of understanding. Because they don't stay in the place with God long enough to understand anything before they're up running trying to show everybody what they know how to do. Well, one person understands it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, come on. You like them blowhard preachers. Shame on you. You know, keep you all stirred up in your emotions. Preach, preacher. Well, when you sit down, can you pay your bills? Okay, when your child is sick, can you lay hands on them? Do you have all the privileges that Jesus Christ died for you to have? Or are you just shouting, jumping up, shouting all the time, preach, preacher, and you go home the same way? I don't want to go home the same way. When I found Jesus, when Jesus found me or I found him, however that thing went, I needed help badly. I needed a God with power to show me that he was real and he could help me in my life. You understand what I'm saying? I don't like people who play around. I played in church for years. When I used to go and I wasn't saved, I played them games with people because I didn't know any better. When you're a child, you play. 
when you get grown, you put away your toys and you start dealing with things in a real way. But see, that's all they know. All they know is how to play. They got bishops and organizations and they all play. Huh? You know, it's kind of like I'll go home into the real shows up. Y'all just call me when the real. I ain't for all of this stuff. Putting on them little tight dresses and tight hats and sitting up there looking stupid. Just call me when the real thing shows up. So, demon power is void of understanding. That's why demons take over churches. Because the more ignorant they can keep you, the more power they can use to control you. So he says, the power was always there, but the understanding. See, understanding gives you an edge. That's why the devil doesn't like to give it to too many people too fast. You understand things, you have an edge over people that don't understand them. You get an answer to prayer. You need to go and sit down with God and tell him to explain to you what you did right to make that happen in your life. But most of us act like thieves. We run off and spend the money and then right back a month later, we're right back in the same stew because we don't get, we, I guess we'd rather just have the devil give you money because he don't want you to understand nothing. But we need to understand these things. They're given to us so that we can, why do you think the scriptures have been fought over and handed down from generation to generation to us to bless us so that we can have understanding of the word of God? For many years, the church hid the Bible from the people. They had two translations, one for the common people and one for the ministers. And none of them understood it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this thing has been fought over. Understanding of the supernatural and especially of God's kingdom has been fought over. Once you come into God's kingdom, he knows all things and he can give you understanding of the devil's kingdom. So that you know what you're doing to combat these things and you can be successful in what you're doing. And so he says here, the power always remained the same. In other words, he could call up spirits and they would come. But he didn't understand how it happened. He didn't know what they were going to do. He had to just play it by ear and see what they did. So with him, I guess, over years, he would kind of step back and watch things a bit and see if he can get a little more understanding of what was going on. Arlindo said, cultism and spiritism are on the rise. We know that to be true. This book was written, I think, Brother Summerall met this man somewhere in the 50s or 60s, I guess. This one is copyrighted in 1988, but I know he was working in South America uh, I think ever since the late 40s, early 50s and, and things like that. And so it's been on the rise ever since. The Bible makes it clear that demon power will be as intense in the last days of this age as it was in the days when Jesus Christ was upon the earth. I feel the church needs to be enlightened and warned. So that's why we're studying these things. To be enlightened and to be warned. Never get tired of praying for for uh, fortune teller businesses to shut down. 
Never think that's something you used to do when you first got started and now you don't, it doesn't bother you to see them anymore. Never get to the point where you don't let your spirit man respond to those things by speaking against them, causing them to, to go bankrupt, shutting them down, cursing them, cursing their fruit and their works. <clears throat> Never get to the point where you're, you're slack on that. Because that's the time when the enemy wants to make his move. He thinks he can wear church people out. But if you're connected to the Lord, you're not worn out. Amen. God's an eternal spirit. So the Holy Spirit don't wear out. And so you you continue to do these things. He says, I believe that is going to be in direct conflict with satanic power as never before. And so you can see the showdown coming. You see, you see it now with with, uh, you know, people wanting to force churches to uh, ordain uh, homosexuals and, and uh, all this stuff that they're, you know, you, they'll sue you if you don't make a cake for them and, you know, and put two men on top of the cake or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, just any little thing to to see if we will bow and if we will bend. You got me? And so he says he's, it's going to be in direct conflict with satanic powers never before. At all costs, the church must be made aware of demon power, purposes, and strategies. So we've we got to study these things, you know, and not to get excited about them and run around and talk about demons all day long. You know, it's, that was a wave that went through the church in the 80s and, and 90s where people wanted to, Go around and name all the strong men everywhere, you know, good lists of names of devils, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit gives you something in a word of knowledge. You use it, but you don't have to go around trying to name all. This isn't a quiz. This is not like a geography class where you get points for how many devils you know how to name and all this kind of stuff, you know, and the spirit of this and the spirit of that. Oh, that's the spirit of this and this. Yeah, 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 yes. Go kill it, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Bring me its head. Don't tell me its name. <laughs> I mean, if 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 it's a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit, that's something different, you know. Now, these things are are valid because demons do answer by name, but we pretty much know them all. You understand what I'm saying? You you know what a a fornicating devil looks like. You know what a lust spirit looks like. You know what a stealing spirit looks like. You know all these things. You know their activities. The important thing is you put a stop to it. You put a stop to it. That's the most important part of any of this. Is that you, you get yourself in a position where your spirit responds to these things the way the Lord would. And you put a stop to them. Hmm? And you do that by staying under the authority of God. Just stay under the power of God. You don't want to go bragging about how many devils you know how to name. And, you know, oh, we're reading this book, Witch Doctor, now. You know, most Christians are scared of books like this anyway. So you're not going to have many people it's going, you can even get in a conversation with. Or they'll think you're studying witchcraft because, uh, you know, the name of the book. And so just keep it to yourself. Use it for how you want to use it i tell you parents where you can use this stuff real good is on your little kids friends Hmm? 
Your children go to school with all kinds of kids. Some of them are in live-in situations, live-out situations, same-sex situations. There's all kinds of things. So you can use this a lot on, in the school. Mm-hmm. Take authority over them. Don't let them get in your kids' minds. Don't let them influence your children. You know, you take authority over these devils. You know, first thing parents want to do is play date and then sleep over. No, we don't sleep over. You sleep in your own house. <laughs> you sleep in your own house. I'll leave your devils over there and we keep ours. It's enough having to deal with what we got over here at a normal basis. I, I saw a uh, um, story of the this little girl. I remember when this little girl was abducted uh, in Florida. And she, um, this has probably been about close to 10 years ago now. And she just disappeared in the middle of the night. The, she was staying with her grandparents. And... Uh, she and she was her dad was given custody of her. It's a very sad thing. The mother didn't want her since she was a baby. The dad always took care of her. The dad was over at his girlfriend's house for the night. And this girl wound up missing. The grandparents were in the bedroom down the hall from her. It just woke up the next morning. The little girl wasn't in her bed. Couldn't find her. They looked for her for about four or five days, finally found that there was a a registered sex offender who had a sister that lived right across the street, and they couldn't find him. They had a list of all of them with relatives who lived in the area, etc. Couldn't locate this man. When they finally did locate him, they realized he had abducted this child. He said he watched her play every day. Now, he had only been in the area for less than a week. In less than a week, the devil told him to watch this child and got him comfortable. When he saw the dad leave for the night, he knew he'd be gone all night. And he got that child up and he said, I told her I was going to take her to see her daddy. And that's how he got her out that house. And she never screamed and she never whimpered because I'm telling you, folks, there is a chain of command in the satanic kingdom that watches everything. They set people up for these things. They set people up to get comfortable with their lifestyle, get comfortable fornicating, staying gone all night long, leaving your children with trusted grandparents but still the devil's able to steal and see your children go to school with children like that huh they think it's their right to have a boyfriend or sleep over or whatever huh but I'm telling you your kids don't sleep over you hear me they don't sleep over.
The church has to be made aware of these things, folks. You take your stand, you take your position, and you don't waver. You just don't waver. He said, I asked Arlindo to tell me more about demons. Do they ever fear humans or each other? We know they were afraid of Jesus, remember? He went to Cass. He said, what are you going to do, torment us before the time? <laughs> In other words, they know they're going to get a, a whip upside their head, so, but they just want to have it at the right time. You can't do that now because it ain't time, Jesus. So. But you might, so we're asking. So he says, he gave me an answer that could be surprising. Yes, he said, devils do respect authority. All spirits have a certain category. When a spirit meets another or of lesser degree, he commands him. And when he meets one of higher degree, he bows to him. The spirit who belongs to you always tries to protect you from the other spirits who would like to take you away from him. So you see, the reason the devil's kingdom works as well as it does is because they don't break rank. Everyone marches in his own place. But we want our freedom to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. And we got people want to start churches and never... Never really want a soul. They just feel like it's time for them to get up and start doing something. You know, I've been saved for X number of years. I'm supposed to be a minister by now. Goofiest thing I've ever heard. Hmm? Don't have a word of knowledge. They can't pray for anybody effectively. You know, it's just not been granted to you. If it's not granted to you, you can't do it. You can't make this up. Can't make up the results of God. I'd be so happy to just be getting results. I don't care what level it's on. You understand? You don't need to be. You don't want to. Listen. You don't want to have to have two conferences a year and face $20,000 that you got to produce to pay for that thing. And you don't know who's coming in, what they're going to bring you. You understand me? You don't need that. You don't need to be trying to get vehicles together and travel from place to place. If you're not called to do it, don't try to jump up and say you're supposed to be doing these things. You know, we got enough sick people that we walk past every day. Find out why you keep walking past them and you can't stop and minister to them. You know, that's that's the church. Man, if... <laughs> But yeah, they don't break rank. The Bible says when the devil is cast out of a place, he goes into dry places and he tries to get back where he came from. Why? Because that's the only estate he has now. The Bible says that they were they were kicked out of their first estate, which was heaven. So they're looking for a dwelling place all the time. They're like personal, like, like professional evicted people. You know, professional tenants. Anybody ever own rental property and had, we had some. I, we quit a long time ago. We met our masters on oh, these professional tenants. But they could tell you where to go to evict them. Well, have you been down to so-and-so and such-and-such such yet? And I said, I didn't even know there was such a place. Well, you got to go down there first before you can kick me out. 
That's a professional tenant, folks. That's what the devil is. He's a professional tenant. He knows how long he can stay in a place. He knows when a Christian is involved and what, who's going to kick him out of some place. You ever notice when you get ready to minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everybody starts moving around, agitated and all that. They're about to be kicked out of one of their estates. Huh? Oh, there's, whenever there's an impartation, there's always a deliverance. Some space has to be made in that person's heart for the power of God to reside there. There's always a deliverance. People, you, you know the difference yourself. Some of us who were saved first and then got filled with the Holy Spirit, the difference is tremendous. Huh? You want to go around singing and dancing with everybody, you know, he's like, you don't feel like Fred Astaire or Ginger Rogers. No. You just want to go dancing through the, the meadow and, <laughs> I mean, you're in a different dimension, totally. You've had a deliverance. You've been delivered out of a level of self-control that you had had before, never to get it back again. See? So when there's an impartation, there's always a deliverance. You just can't put the Holy Spirit on top of stuff. You got to relinquish some space for him to come in and take over. It's just that way. I would always say things like, boy, I didn't know all this was going on before. You know, and there was nothing really going on to speak of. It was just an awareness that there's another dimension there. Possibilities. Good possibilities. And so we, we understand then that the devil has order, he has rank, and they respect one another's rank and order. That's why God is so accommodating to us when we are in agreement with one another. He says, where two of you, two or more of you agree on anything. He said, if I could just get two of y'all to quit fighting and agree on something, I'll do it for you. It's pretty much what he's saying. I'm so glad we we developed the prayer manual. It stopped a lot of controlling, crazy people from wanting to come into. When they find out your prayers are written down, that that stops their whole show. We have lost so many people because they couldn't get up. I said, this ain't bless the mic over here. You know, where we get confused and you want to come in with your article you read somewhere about this devil or that devil and. A woman came to my house because her husband had brain cancer. And, you know, I was giving her, trying to give her some materials. I was trying to get an understanding of how much she understood about divine health and healing. I said, you know, God wants your husband well. He wants to heal him. I said, but he's going to have to listen to the word. And I said, are you in a church? That's what she told me. Well, no. Um, well, see, the church is, the church is, don't they don't do what they're supposed to do and i didn't say anything i just let her talk apparently she and her husband when they first got saved went around with some anti-abortion information and thought that the pastor was supposed to read it to the congregation if he refused to read it they just moved on to another church 
I said, you mean to tell me you're going to let an offense of that nature rob your husband of a healing that God could give him? I said, could you please ask your husband to forgive those people? I said, y'all go to church. Show God you're obedient. Humble yourself. It's time. You see how crazy religion makes people? I said, to be honest with you, I wouldn't do it either if I were a pastor. I said, suppose somebody came and gave you some stuff that's ungodly to read. I said, they're not supposed to get sermons off of sheep. You're supposed to come there to hear what they got to say to you. I said, God is in control of these things. But I'm telling you, people are crazy, folks. They will lose their life, their health, their families, everything to demon power simply because they ain't as smart as the devil is. Devil's got enough sense to stay in his place and don't rank rank. If I want to beat up on somebody, I'll go beat up on one of these because they don't have as much power as I do. But I can't reach up and beat the pastor and knock them out of their place. Because then I'll lose my place. People don't see it that way. They think God's telling them to rise up against authority. I got a word. When you paying rent, you can give all the words you want to in your little red wagon. Huh? It don't hurt me one bit. To, you know, hold something until somebody says they want to hear it. If they don't want to hear it, they don't want to hear it. You know, I'll move on. I got enough of my own stuff to do. I don't need to fight nobody about giving a word to somebody. You know, you can go on Facebook and give all the words you want to. You got an instant church right there. Huh? But see, they don't want to do that because God will always put somebody on there and tell you off. <laughs> this ain't from God. Just stop. <laughs> There's a little lady on there, a little friend of mine. She wanted to come to the conference. We had talked a little bit. She's on, on there all the time. Ooh, it's going to be a Holy Ghost blowout tonight. Bring your own usher. Huh? <laughs> or don't nobody move. Won't nobody get hurt. You know, funny. But she's always bringing order to them crazy people on there. And she's she's graced to do it because she does it consistently and it don't wear her out. She don't really get mad at people. But she's instructing people there about spiritual protocol. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody got to do that job. And if they don't want to hear it, I guess they don't read her post. But she has some long ones on there, too. Just telling them. Oh. It's funny. And he says here, these they command the ones of lesser degree can command others of lesser degree, but not of higher degree. So you don't break rank. You don't uh, uh, erase the ancient landmarks, you know, because people who are called are called from the foundation of the earth. And so you can't remove Move somebody's property line over. That's set up from God, from from before the foundation. God protects that. Remember, uh, Ahab thought he was going to take take uh, Naboth's vineyard, and he did. 
he wound up, and if you read that, descendants after him were killed on that property because of that. Went from generation to generation to generation. He was killed, wife was killed, all the descendants killed, and then you would see a, a, a descendant of Nabal, you know, 40, 50 years later got killed. See, you don't, you don't obliterate a possession that God's given somebody, you know. The nation of Israel is fighting now over land. <clears throat> Nobody really knows who belongs to what, but I'm telling you what. Since I don't know what's theirs, I don't get involved in it. You understand what I'm saying? That's real easy to do. Just don't mess with them people. Let them have a land. If they went over, that land was apportioned to them after World War II when they got expelled. Nobody wanted to take them. Everybody knows the story about the exodus. And so they gave them their own land back in in Israel, what's now Israel. Well, you can look in the Bible and God says he will scatter them, but he would gather them again. And so here they are gathered. Now people still messing with them, you know, to let them people be at peace. They ain't bother nobody. But everybody seems to want to have an opinion about it and say something about it. So he says here, the spirit who belongs to you always tries to protect you from other spirits who would like to take you away from him. Yeah, and especially the Holy Spirit. Huh? Especially the Holy Spirit. People get involved in in fornication, can't get loose from it. You know, they go to church for a while and then somebody follows them to the church. You understand what I'm saying? Just nonsense stuff. Stuff that if you would, would just have one inch of desire to serve God, you could get free from that. Especially if you're born again and spirit filled. He says, what about the matter of discernment? Could a witch doctor read a man's need from his mind without having to be told what his need was? Well, we know that's possible. Yes, Arlindo said, there were times when I could tell a man what his needs were without having him explain to me what they were. That's a counterfeit of the word of knowledge. People are invariably drawn into false worship like spiritism because of human needs. Because of heart hunger. Tragic indeed that their needs cannot be met with God's power instead of demon power. Such a lure is an indictment of Christian forces and vision. It is the same story repeated over again too little too late. They say Mahatma Gandhi was um, um, interested in becoming a Christian. He had heard uh, a Christian man preach over in India. And his dress was that loincloth that he wore. And he went to a church, a denominational church, and they called him a savage and told him to come back when he knew how to dress properly. Not knowing that he was chosen to influence that whole nation of India. And many people look back at that and they believe that India could have been Christian today. But because he was accepted in the Hindu faith, they accepted him just like he was. Huh? We sing songs just as I am. But we continue to drive people away. Right now, you know, if you're, if you're not <clears throat> a person who's into prosperity and all that kind of stuff, there's very few churches you can go to. 
You know, they want numbers. They don't want people. And so, you know, for you to be able to go to a church that knows your family, cares about your family, can pray for them, teach them, take them by the hand, show them different things, etc. You know, your chances for that are not very great sometimes. You know, so there's all kinds of barriers to and these are there are key people that God calls all the time. That he wants his church to be able to enlighten and influence and embrace. But these people get rejected and then they have to go someplace else where they feel people meet their needs. And so that happens because we're full of devils too sometimes. Religious devils, class, you know, looking down at we're respective persons, you know, to a great deal. The church has always been guilty of that. We want to know what you have, what you can contribute you know, if you can do this, you know, there was a um, uh, family, uh, some people, we were one of our conferences. We were, it was in the summer because we were all outside sitting under that gazebo. And there were some people there that told me that uh, we told them what we, we were a church. They said, well, you guys do a church. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had a church. When they say had, I'm, you know, brace myself and zip my lip because I don't say anything. We had a church. And I, I won't tell you who, but it's a national minister, started some satellite churches around. And we were so excited. You know, our family was one of the first families there. And they said they needed volunteers. And we volunteered. We bought chairs. We set everything up. We were working real hard. And, and then one day they told us they weren't sure they were going to be able to continue the church because we didn't have enough people for them you want to be bothered with and the one lady said well you know that wasn't much of a church anyway because remember our pastor he didn't know nothing about the word hmm. remember we asked him to explain so and so and such and such in the bible he didn't know it and then we reported it to their overseer and they never did anything <laughs> you understand what i'm saying it's called deception folks and see, that person will call themselves, whoever started that, will call themselves an apostle or a bishop. Just for a title. I've got X number of satellite churches under me. I'm not going to tell you what I usually say when people say that. Huh? <laughs> you don't want to be under anybody except the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's some some organizations that are beneficial, but pretty much they got a lot of human flesh, too much. Some church that was the going church here started, I think, in the 90s or something, Mars Hill Church. And people do nothing but fight. So the guy who started it, they they kicked him out now because they didn't like his attitude. You know, you start something, he might even start it from God. But see, the thing of it is, you get yourself in trouble. Maybe God did call him, maybe he told him to start that church and maybe a few others. But when it gets so big that you can't manage it anymore and it manages you, something's wrong somewhere. He could be preaching right now. Ambition. Too much, too fast. Out there way beyond your ability. To do things successfully. 
so they can discern. They can tell what needs are before you ask them. That's why people get all excited. Oh, I don't. There was no way you could have known that. Of course, there was. Lots of ways you could know that. Come on now. You got to have things register in your spirit. You always got to stay, stand back in the Holy Ghost, and let Him come forward, and you lean back, and let Him show you. You know, you got people that do nothing but tell you your name, address, and, and where you live. You know, now why God would get involved in that, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? But come on, help me, Jesus. I know where I live already. I mean, and these are Christian people. But they could get involved with familiar spirits, too. You understand me? The fact that somebody knows your address means nothing. People are invariably drawn into false worship like spiritism because of human needs, heart hunger. He said, did you ever meet a real intelligent devil? Yes, I have. I remember one of the most prominent spirits I ever dealt with. This intellectual devil knew all about politics. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Lord showed me years ago that a, a political devil and a religious spirit are the same. They just work in different realms. So you'll have religious spirits that know all about the church world, political spirits, because the the level of power that they wield is on the same level. One knows how to, you pick up the jargon over in your pit where you live, and you pick up the jargon over in the pit where you live. That's why you see them dovetail so easily between one between the other. see a lot of people that are good speakers go into politics. Preachers go into politics all the time. You'll see preachers who are anointed, some of them, to go higher in the church realm, and all of a sudden they run a run for political office because they can't discern the difference. You need to read their word more. And he says, yeah, intellectual devil knew all about politics. For example, he could tell me when the president of the United States was consulting with a certain diplomat of a foreign country and, moreover, what they were discussing. The next day, the newspapers would carry the story of the president in conference with this diplomat. For this reason, government men came to me and requested that I consult with this spirit for them. So you see a conspiracy here. That's why you got the Bible tells you to pray for those in authority. Pray for your leaders, rulers, men in authority over you. Why? So you can leave a Live a peaceable life and also all hell don't break loose against you as a Christian. You've got to believe God can speak to these people. The Bible says the heart of the king is in God's hands. He can turn it any way. You can give him a cramp in that. And that's the way I always look at it, you know. <laughs> Want to play with me? Okay, you can have a little blood. You know what I'm saying? Okay, have no blood today. You can have some. Huh? Well, good thing I'm not God, huh? Mm-hmm. But the heart of the king is in his hands. He can t- touch him in his heart. Sometimes God will harden certain people so that people who are supporting them will get enlightened. See? 
You may be praying for God to use somebody in office because you like them. And then more and more people get disgusted with them. Why? Well, God wants to harden them and make it real to everybody what they're dealing with. Got me? Especially when people are deceived. Now, he did that with us with Jack Kravorkian. Remember, he was telling people were saying, oh, he's ahead of his time. Yes, yes, we need to have a death with dignity. We need to. And little by little, people started to hear what they said. That's discernment. Huh? The veil comes off and you can see clearly what you're dealing with. Amen. And so when the veil came off him, there are very few people nowadays who have anything good to say about that man. But if you were around in the 90s when he was doing his thing, he had people had news people. Oh, he's a brilliant man. He's ahead of his time. We're, we're going to look back years from now and thank him for being the first one to. You got me? But God. Huh? But God. Anybody who kills unjustly is a murderer. You got me? The people who are, are, are getting him to uh, kill them are deceived themselves. They all got the same devil. Huh? Depression, deception, all of those things. We've got testimonies from years and years and years of people who were cured of depression and so thankful, you know, that they're still alive. I, I, I wanted to kill myself for many years. But somehow there was an unseen hand that stopped me from doing it. I'm so thankful I was allowed to live. Got me? So we know it's a demon. We know it's deception. And you don't want to let these things get to be the norm if you're a believer. We believe all life is valuable. There's no such thing as quality of life. You determine your own quality. Quality comes from God. You know, you determine your own quality of life. That comes from God. And if you'll stay with God, he'll improve the quality of anybody's life. You know, you look at all of these children with Down syndrome. You know, now that people are not letting them be institutionalized and raising their own children, even with challenges, you know, every parent says that child is a blessing to us. That child is a gift to us. That child can go and hug anybody and they're sweet and they're kind and they love everybody. You know, we need a lot of people like that around. We don't need no more demon, demon children around. Huh? A little smart mouth. You know, I used to be, when, when I was a kid, you didn't talk back to a, a grown up. You didn't say anything. You'd be picking yourself up off the floor so quick. You only did it one time. You, you might have thought it was cute. But then when you start getting up off the floor, you realize it wasn't anymore. Got me? That stuff ain't cute. And it's not going to serve them well either if they continue in it. So you put a stop to it. But there, there's great potential in humanity that we're only seeing now. Why? Because people are choosing to love instead of discard children. Huh? They're choosing to help them instead of looking at them as a problem. And so when the blinders come off, the deception comes off, underneath you see God has a plan for every human life. He doesn't bring anybody here uh, for no good purpose. And see, the ranks of the people who are speaking up for God is increasing. 
Huh? Every day it's increasing. And he's coming in, in ways that, that we may not even expect that he would be coming. <clears throat> I haven't heard this song, but I understand that Garth Brooks, the country western singer, has made a song about an unborn baby talking to its mother in the conversation this child had with God before it came to the earth. And I think he did it live on the Today Show. They said there was not a dry eye in the house. Now, this is no accident, folks. See, he just didn't think this up so he can get a bunch of people crying. Because they said he was barely able to finish the song himself. But the song has to do with the sanctity of life. How life is, is, is babies are alive before they even come to, they, this, they, it, they talk, this baby talks to God about coming down to earth. And the mother then begins to talk to the baby. So you know that this baby is not a blob of tissue. But see, because of prayers of righteous people, God can do these things. You understand what I'm saying? Because people don't back down and don't back up, they know what God's telling them, what he told and they fight to make that truth known. Then somebody like him can get inspired. Look at the platform that song's on now. See, that's something the average church musician probably, they expect us to sing songs like that. But God will do things through people in unexpected ways because he's God. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same message. There are all kinds of people that God wants to put. He can't have enough spokespeople down here, folks. He can't have too many. And he wants to put his word in as many mouths as he can. Amen. So this is the year of the believer and the confirmed word. And so we're going to see God let more people speak his truth in more areas because he wants his truth known. Amen. Praise God. All right. You can take your take your test now. Amen. Praise God. Amen.